had this question after service. I'm like, yeah, we went into that. And then I shared something else that we talked about in our summer review class. He goes, yeah, someone else asked me that after service. So he goes, you should tell people that on Wednesday nights, we have a group that meets that goes over the sermon in more depth. And so, um, you know, if you have questions, if you um, have some concerns about things that are shared on Sunday morning, or you just want to dive into these scriptures deeper, I encourage you to come out on Wednesday night. We meet here in our Engage room, and um, it's, it's really, last week was really good. Um, I'm really enjoying the discussions that we're having, and I think um, you would also. We're going to take up our offering. Let's pray, and then we'll get into the word. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you for giving us resources to give, Father. And we believe your word, which says you provide seeds to the sower, Father God. And so we take our money, not just as dollar bills and coins, Father, but as seeds that we sow into the kingdom and believe you to bless us so that we can give again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what a great week, amen? It's kind of interesting how October is here, but it's still going to be 80 degrees outside, so that's kind of fun. Of course, I, I don't know about you guys, but I love the fall weather. I enjoy the cool nights and stuff like that, so that's exciting. We're going to be in James today, so if you have your Bibles you want to turn with me, we're going to be in James 3, uh, of course, 3.16. We started with John 3.16, which is just the, the verse that is kind of everywhere. It's iconic. It really tries to sum up the gospel uh, in one verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That verse is kind of all over the place. You see it at football games. You see it uh, at, at sporting events. You see it kind of everywhere. People put it up in, in, in lockers in schools and write it on their books and those types of things. And that is the verse. And so uh, it really, Tim Tebow, you know, had it on his, which you can see on the screen. And that is actually one of our youth kids that have it uh, on their, their screen there in the, in the football helmet. But they had, he had John 3.16 under his eyes, and of course he goes in, talks about that. So we named this series Other 3.16s because there are 3.16s in the Bible, 
in different locations that are very, very powerful, very, very good verses as well uh, that we felt like were important and needed to be talked about. And so we talked about Malachi 3.16 two weeks ago. Actually, Sean did that and shared about the fear of the Lord. Last week, we talked about 1 John 3.16, which addressed uh, sacrificial love and the example that Jesus set for us and how we need to be uh, sacrificially loving other people as well. And today, <clears throat> excuse me, today we're going to be in James 3.16, which this, this is a fun verse. And by fun verse, I really mean not fun verse. Um, <clears throat> when you read this, this verse is just convicting. And so I, I want to read this real quick. And, and of course, we're going to dive in and we're really going to kind of talk about what this means for each of us today. James 3, 16. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Now, as we read that verse, let's talk about the good news and let's talk about the bad news. The good news is, is that I think in this verse, we get to see the root of all kinds of evil, which is important, isn't it? Because what you want to do is you want to find the root. Oftentimes, we try and correct symptoms, and symptoms should not be worked on until you get to the root of the problem. I had a house over on Summit Street, and in the, in, in the dining room, there were cracks all over the walls. And so I had my cousin who did plaster come in, and he was going to fix all of those cracks for me. But he took one look at the, at the room and said, if I fix these cracks, they're just going to show back up. And I was like, why? And he's like, because you have a part of the house over there, the foundation part that needs to be fixed. It has to be fixed before we can fix these cracks. If I fix these cracks, that's just going to sink more, and you're just going to have more cracks. So that's what he did. I had Kyle Hug, who goes to church here, come in, and he, he jacked it up and fixed it and, and did everything. And then he came in, and he fixed all the cracks. And we lived there for four years without another crack showing up, where it seemed like a crack showed up every single day. But see, me not knowing, what do I try and do? I want to go in and fix cracks. But it's not a crack problem, right? It's a, it's a foundation problem. And so that's what's interesting about this right here is when we, when we read this verse, we can see that, you know, every evil thing, we look at all these evil things out there, and we're like, man, we got to fix that. And man, we got to fix that. And how do we do this? And maybe we can legislate this. And maybe we can correct all of these wrongs that are happening, whether they're in church, whether they're in school, whether they're in society, whether they're in our community. And in this verse, we see that where there is envy and selfish ambition, there you will find every evil practice and disorder. So the good news is, we've kind of got the root here, right? The good news is that envy and selfish ambition are kind of the root of all these problems that we see floating around all over the place. I mean, this is a big part of our character issues, envy and selfish ambition. So envy, definition, a feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. Selfish ambition to elevate oneself and to put one's own interest above others. All right? So that's the good news. We have those two definitions. We kind of know what the root of the problem is. The bad news is, is how do we deal with this root? Because honestly, when I look at this, I'm like, this is just something that we're born with, isn't it? I mean, you don't have to teach a kid to want somebody else's stuff, do you? When they're born, they're like, mine, 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 and they want everything. And selfish ambition that's another one. 
It's not like we instruct them, hey, we want you to, you know, be all about yourself and try and elevate yourself above others. That's what they do everywhere. I mean, we have to t- constantly tell kids, hey, you know, bragging's not a great idea. You know, just maybe, maybe work hard and prove yourself that way. But, you know, it's this selfish ambition where I want to look better, I want to look bigger, I want to look stronger, I want to look faster than anybody else. And, and, and that's just kind of natural in us. We're sitting at my, my daughter, she's 11 years old, and she plays volleyball. And we were sitting at her volleyball game yesterday, me and James and my wife. And James is my youngest. Uh, he's about the same age as Peyton. Uh, he's adopted, so he's two months younger. And Peyton, and he's massive, right? He's just a great big dude, five foot one, 170 pounds. So he, he's large at 11 years old. That's very, very big. And he watches Peyton and her volleyball team, and he's like, I would kick all their butts. That's what he says. I'd kick all their butts. I look at him like, are you seriously going to compare yourself to 11-year-old girls? And he's like, yeah, Dad. I think I can whoop them all. I think I can whoop them all at once. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of embarrassing. But, but once again, this is kind of where our culture is. Because here's the reality of this. He's never played volleyball. And true story, they would kick his butt. But we didn't let that happen. But what, what's happening is, though, is that idea of that I'm bigger, I'm better, I'm stronger that almost every kid just possesses that they brag about is there. I see it in, in my own kids. I see it in my nieces and nephews. I see it in the kids. And the ch- it's just naturally there. And you know what's funny? Is it's so hard for us to grow out of it. Because I see it in us as adults as well. It just might look a little bit different. But, but we are selfish people. And, and our world and our culture is banking on our selfishness. They, they're like, how can we make money? I know. We will get selfish people to think about themselves and we will sell them stuff. I know. We will get selfish people to think about themselves and we will get them to vote our direction. That's what they do. And it's all about self, 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 self. So I want to I dive into this scripture real quick here that we see. Uh, in Matthew 16, where Jesus kind of addresses this subject um, with, with his disciples. Matthew 16, 21, starting in 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, he's explaining this to his disciples. And as you can imagine, any of us, because all of us have, when we go through difficult situations and we are talking about these things and we know something hard is coming up, something we have to endure is coming up, it really, really plagues our minds, doesn't it? And our hearts, and it can really get kind of absorbed inside of us, and Jesus is telling this to him, and, and, and one of the worst pieces of advice that we can get, right, is to avoid that. Just avoid it. Uh, there are many times when conversations need to happen, and you don't want to avoid those, and you have to do it. Jesus knows this has to be done, and it is going to be very difficult. And so he's telling that to his disciples. And oftentimes I think, gosh, in this moment, I mean, his disciples need to encourage him. You know, that's what I would want 
from people around me, and that's what I would want to do to people that are above me when they have to go through these difficult situations. That's not really quite what Jesus gets here. But anyways, he tells him that he's going to suffer and that things are going to not look great. 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. How many people know rebuking Jesus is just not the best idea? It's just not a great idea. In fact, I would go a different direction right from the beginning. But that's not what Peter does. He takes Jesus aside and he begins to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You don't have in mind what God is thinking. You have in mind what you are thinking. I mean, this is, a, this is, this is where we all sit so much. And this plagues, of course, our world, but it plagues the body of Christ as well. <clears throat> where our ideas become way more important, way more valuable than God's ideas. And Peter's sitting here saying, no, you're not going to die, Jesus. Jesus says, you're a stumbling block for me. You've got to stop this talk. Because you're not thinking about what God needs or what God wants. You're thinking about human stuff, human desires, human wants. Then he said to his disciples in 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Now a popular verse, one that you might not know is actually in the scripture, but this is a Bible verse in verse 26. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul. How many people heard their grandma tell that to them when they were kids? You know, what good is it for you to gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? Or what can anyone gain, what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. So he looks at Peter and says, you're, you're a stumbling block and you've got to get behind me. Because you're not thinking about the things of God, you're thinking about human things. And see, that's what our world, that's, that's right where the enemy wants us. He wants us thinking about ourselves. He wants us thinking about human things. He does not want us to have our mind on the things of God. In our world, and I mean this, our world, once again, is banking on our selfishness. They are making money on our selfishness. Now, this was interesting. I was driving down the road. And uh, I saw a billboard, and it had a slogan on it. And, I, and the slogan almost made me sick to my stomach. Now, it was probably because I was in the middle of, of, of writing this sermon, but it almost made me sick to my stomach. So I went to a website, a website that said, actually, I typed into Google. Google is just an awesome thing. I actually saw a meme that said, if Google were to disappear, how would we Google what happened to Google? And I was like, that's a great question. That's a great question. But so I typed into Google, I typed in, you know, slogans that are all about you. Actually, I think I just typed in um, business slogans. And I decided that when I went through that, I was going to see how many of them were all about just selfishness. And, and, and the first website had 26 slogans on it, and 13 of them were, were banking on, 13 of these slogans were banking on us being selfish. So we're going to have a little bit of fun right now, and I'm going to read you some of these slogans, and you can guess 
kind of what company these are from, but these are 13 slogans on a website that had 26 slogans. There were actually 14 um, slogans, but uh, one of them I didn't think was the right slogan, so I looked it up, and it said it was, but it was in Germany, so we're not going to go with that one. It was um, BMW, and so I don't have that one in there because we do ultimate driving machine, right? Uh, I guess in Germany it's, it's your driving pleasure is the, um, is the theme um, for BMW. So anyways, here we go. Number one, the very first one. I think Ezra has them on the screen. Moving you forward. Does anybody know what company that's from? Toyota. That is Toyota. You're going you're gonna to get this next one. Next one is, are you in good hands? Allstate. That's right. Allstate. Good job, Bobby. He killed it right there. Are you in good hands? Healthcare for the universe of you. Okay, now this, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, this is the one that I saw on a billboard and was like, uh, that almost makes me sick. Because how many times do we say to, you know, our kids and each other, it's not about you. The world doesn't revolve around you. And there's a slogan out there that's all about the universe of you. And so once again, they're banking on our selfishness. Does anybody know who this is? This is mercy. This is mercy. <clears throat> Let's get another one. Because you're worth it. Somebody's got to get this one. So I think somebody said it. L'Oreal. That's right. It's L'Oreal. Because you're worth it is L'Oreal. This one was a little bit tougher and was interesting to me. Where do you want to go today? Close, but no. It's not Discover. This is Microsoft. Microsoft's slogan, where do you want to go today? Next one. Everything we do is driven by you. <laughs> I mean, don't these slogans, when you think about it from a, a standpoint like what we're talking about today, don't these just bother you a little bit? Because it's like, I mean, they are, they're seriously banking on us being selfish, and we bite hook, line, and sinker, church. We bite. And wherever, wherever we find selfish ambition and envy, we find every evil practice. Everything we do is driven by you. Anybody know the slogan or the company? Ford. That is correct. That is Ford. The power to be your best. Anybody know this one? This is Apple Computers. Think what we can do for you. Anybody know? Bank of America. Think what we can do for you. Have it your way. Burger King. That is correct. Sadly, I bit and had some Burger King this week, so... I did not have it my way. I had it the standard way. Gosh, I hate it when I do that. It's everywhere you want to be. Visa, that is correct. Be all that you can be. The army. I love what you do for me. Oh, they skipped that one. Okay, obey your thirst. Anybody know what that is? That's Sprite. Sprite is obey your thirst. I mean, that company wants you to obey your thirst. I want you to obey 
the word of God. And I think that's what God wants, right? But they want you to obey your thirst. See, they're, they're banking on you having certain feelings, desires, and wanting to fill those with something. And they want to fill them for you with something that's not going to give you long-term fulfillment, but something that's going to give you short-term pleasure. Just enough that you have to bite onto something else and to something else and to something else. And then we have a culture that's just constantly warring with one another. Why? Because we have this deep-seated problem of envy and selfish ambition. And, and, and our world is banking on us being that way. And I think when we look at this next scripture in 2 Timothy 3, we're going to see that this really, this really is in the church as well. So you can flip there with me. We have one more scripture after this, and then we're going we're gonna to just briefly talk kind of about what we can do about this. But 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 1. Oh, flip too far. It says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Have nothing to do with such people. Now, this is interesting. It talks about at the beginning right there. That in the future, in the end times, there will be terrible times. That in the last days, there will be terrible times. And then the very first sentence after he says there will be terrible times, he says people will be lovers of themselves. I was reading a commentary on this because there are 19 things mentioned in this section of kind of what the future is going to look like that are extremely negative. 19 and this one guy said that this whole idea of being lovers of themselves, that is the pipe that the sewer runs through. That's what it is. And that's how he likened it. It is the sewer pipe, and all that other garbage runs through that one sewer pipe, that they will be lovers of themselves. See, when you look at it, you know, like thinking about it, why do they want money? Why are they lovers of money? It's completely selfish reasons, right? That's why. So when we look at this verse and we see that they will, they will be lovers of themselves, but they will be lovers of money, that's selfish. They'll be boastful and proud. What's that about? It's about lifting up themselves. Abusive and disobedient to their parents, they, they miss the idea of what discipline really is for because all they can think about is themselves in the moment. Ungrateful, selfish. Unholy, without love, unforgiving. That it's all that, the, that all of those things, all 19 of them, run through the pipe of selfishness. And that it is a great big sewer pipe, which makes me think of how disgusting, right? We know what it's like when we get sewer uh, backed up and all kinds of different issues. And this just reminds me of a story. My brother had this house with a crawl space that was about this big. And his sewer got clogged. And so he had a release underneath the house. So he goes in there to undo it. And when he did, it just sprayed all over him. He had like pipes that were like 25 feet long of just sewage just spraying all over him, which is disgusting, but kind of the story brings me pleasure. I don't know. It, prob <laughs> it probably shouldn't, 
But I think it's hilarious. I mean, I'm thinking of everybody in the church who deserves to have sewer all over them. My brother might be on the list. So it's going to be great. Anyways, but it's a sewer pipe. Selfishness is a sewer pipe where all of this crap runs through. And we constantly have to be aware and prepared of what is happening in us. I want to I read on, and I don't have time to read all of this because I want to get to some points here. But he talks about here in a little bit um, to beware. But then he, he really hits on this idea uh, of, of focusing on the Word of God in here. And, and it starts in, in 3, kind of verse 10. He talks about to be, you know, enduring and those types of things. And he talks about that you have been taught the things of God. Um, 14, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from, the, from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love that he talks about this afterwards. Because when we're talking about combating selfishness, I think one of the big keys to combating selfishness is getting into the Word of God. But, it, but it's into the Word of God to discover the truth and to change ourselves against the truth. Because that's what he kind of goes in in the next section, when he goes into to, to 2 Timothy 4. He talks about how people will, in the last days gather people around them that will tell them only what they want to hear. And that's where we get into big problems, isn't it? Because what we have to do is we have to read the Bible for ourselves. We have to discover the truth of what the Word is saying. And then we have to adjust. We have to apply it to our lives. Apply it to us. We adjust to it. Not like form it around us. That's the dangers that we can have when we're talking about Scripture. And, and when I do these things, and I talked about this a little bit last week, when we get up here and we read these Scriptures, I encourage you to go home and read the Scriptures for yourself, to get into some daily devotions, and there's all kinds of apps that you can have, but be careful that those things are not just feeding you words that you want to hear, but that you're really hearing the truth of what the Word has to say. And then you're adjusting yourself according to it. And to have that teachable spirit. I mean, that idea that I want to learn, that I want to grow into the ways of God. That, that's just important and valuable. And so he says that's kind of what's going to happen. That people are going to gather people around them that are just going to tickle their ears. But he tells Timothy, he says, but don't do that. You get out and you preach the truth. Amen. You speak the truth. You know the truth. You understand the truth. And he has this one phrase that he says. He says, you keep your head. And I think that's the challenge that I want for us, church. You keep your head. Because when you walk out today, and I don't know if you're anything like me, but I'm going to go to a softball game, and then I'm probably going to watch football later. And in that football game, I'm going to experience commercials, and, and they're going to spark some desires and different things in me. I will see a Red Lobster commercial, and I will get up and go get me a bowl of Fruity Pebbles. It's kind of what's going to happen. Because it, it will spark this in me, right, during the game. And what do we have to do, church? We have to keep our heads. We have to know kind of what the Word says and, and, and what, we're, what we're being fed. 
And we have to learn to block those things out. That we have to capture and corral them, those thoughts. And we have to get rid of them. And it's important that we have the Word of God planted deeply in our hearts because the the world is going to bank on our selfishness and they're going to try and feed on it today. So as he tells Timothy, keep your head. Don't listen into those that are going to just tingle your ears. Keep your head. Know the truth. Adjust yourself to the truth. That's the same thing I would tell you today. So how do we fight? How do we combat? How do we protect ourselves against this selfishness? One, we got, we got to get in the Word. We have to have it deep-seated, planted deep into our hearts, the Word of God. The Bible says that it is hidden in my heart so that I will not sin. I have it in there. And everything I do, I do based out of that. Not out of my own feelings, not out of what the world wants for me, because that is just going to feed on my selfishness, but basically the things of God. I'm not going to be like Peter and, and be concerned about human things. I'm going to be concerned about godly things. Find good teaching. Go to, go to good churches. Go to small groups. Those types of things. Find a quiet time, devotional, Bible studies that you can really, really get in your hearts. Learn to serve others. This is important. How do we get rid of, of selfishness? We put it down. We just, keep, we just keep putting it away. No, I'm going to go and help. I'm going to serve others. And don't be afraid to ask for help either. I love this, and, and I talk about it all the time. But I think one of the keys for us is, as far as humility and putting ourselves down is asking for help when we need it and offering help when we can do it. I mean, that's what we do. And it gets us out of our own way. One of the things that we talked about in staff meeting, a guy came in and shared with us, and, and he shared with us this idea of submit, prefer, and defer. Submit. In other words, I'm going to be under you that I'm going to take a p- place of humility. And that's what Jesus did. It says that he didn't find himself equal to God. He actually came in the form of a human. And he placed himself with those burdens. He humbled himself with those things. So I'm going to submit. I'm going to humble myself and put others first. I'm going to prefer you get the advantage over me get the advantage. And I'm going to defer to your expertise. I'm going to ask you what I'm going to ask you what you think, why we should do this this way, and that's important. Church, I think one of the most valuable things that we can do is start with why. We need to learn to ask ourselves why. When we start having those desires, when we start having those feelings, I need a new car. Why? Why? Is it, is it selfish-based? Is it all about you? Why? A- and start there. I need a new house. Why? I need this. Why? I want to do this. Why? Why? Start with why. Learn to ask why. And then learn to be a a strict judge of your answers. This is why. Well, that is selfish right there. Or that is concerned with the things of God. And that's what we need to be concerned about as well. Concerned with the things of God. Philippians 2, 3 through 4, my last scripture today. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Could you imagine what the church would look like if we took that verse seriously? It would be a different world. The Bible tells us in the last days that people will be selfish and that that selfishness is the root of all kinds of evil. Well, church, let's go the other direction. 
Let's do nothing out of selfish ambition, but let's put everyone else above ourselves. We can change our church and we can change our world if we would be able to put ourselves down to lift others up. Submit, prefer, defer. Father, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for your truth. Lord, we ask that you'll just lead us in everything that we say and do. We want your truth to be a reality in our lives. We want to adjust our lives to the truth of your word. And Father, not try and adjust the truth to our lives. Continue to lead us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good, right? God is so good. This scripture is so tough. I mean, when you think about it, um, there's, you know, that you think about the kind of the scriptures that you don't like reading because it's one of those things where you go, oh, I have to change some stuff in myself. You know, every, I think everybody in the room would like to look at themselves and say, I am not a selfish person. Um, and, and I think, you know, for the, like that, for the most part, we would, we would think that, but for the most part, we, most of us are. When you think about marriages, a lot of the, a lot of the problems in marriages is because of selfishness. When you look at, um, you know, with kids, when you're raising kids, a lot of the issues when it comes to that is selfishness. And so we just, we just live in a selfish nation, but thank God we have a God who forgives us, right? I mean, thank God that God forgives people who are selfish. God is a, God is, is a forgiving God and loves us anyways. I'm going to go back to the scripture Andy shared in Matthew 16. Um, and, and just, this is a really, this is really key to when it comes to um, where we go from here. It says, if you, in verse 26, it says, it, or actually, let's go to 20, I'll go to 24. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your way, your own way. Drop your selfishness, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Selfishness can, 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 you, can sell your soul away, can, can take you away. And we want to encourage you today. If you have lived your life in a selfish way, where it's been all about you, all about you, and you've realized that as you've lived your life all about you, all about you, that you have done a pretty bad job of, of controlling your life, of, of living your life, and you realize now is the time to surrender it over. Now is the time to give up your life to Jesus, to follow Jesus. We want to give you the opportunity to follow him today. I tell you what, when I was in the seventh grade, and, and since that moment when I was in the seventh grade, when I gave my life to Jesus, when I, when I came to the realization that I was doing a horrible job of living my life for myself, that, as long, that when I was in the seventh grade and then gave my life to Jesus and surrendered my life to him, it changed my everything. You could talk to probably the majority of people in this room, and they would say the same exact thing, that they came to a realization in their life that they were doing a bad job, that God is way better at this than, than them. They surrendered their life to Jesus, and it has changed them since. Amen? Amen. I think, I think <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope you guys agree with that, that, that surrendering your life to Jesus was the best decision you've ever made. And um, I'll tell you what, if you haven't done it, we want to give you that opportunity today because it will be life-changing for you. Let's stand together, church. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's just take a minute to look at our own hearts. Maybe we've been living our lives selfishly. God, would you come in right now? Would you look at our hearts? Help us to see, God, if we are, are struggling with selfish ambition and, and envy. God, if we're struggling with these things, help us to see it, God. This morning, if you're in the room and you say, Sean, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. 
but I see that I've lived in selfish ambition, that I've tried to do life my own way, and, and I have done a pretty bad job, and I really feel like following Jesus is the step I need to take, that following him is the next step I need to take in my life. If that's you and you say, Sean, I want to give my life to Jesus this morning, I would like you to just lift your hand, and I would like to pray with you today. Anybody in the room? Okay, maybe, maybe you're in the room and you say, Sean, I, I one time have raised my hand. I one time have had walked with Jesus, and I have maybe taken some steps away. I have done some things that I know is not right. I have lived my life selfishly as of recently, and I need to, I need to rededicate my life with Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'd like to pray with you. Anybody in the room? I'm going to pray for you, church. God, we thank you for today. We thank you so much for loving us, God, us, us selfish people. Help us to get rid of selfishness, God. I pray that we would be people who serve people well, God, who, who look at others and see us. We see ourselves as not too important, but God, we see others as just as important as ourselves. God, help us to live a life where we are not selfish, where we don't live in envy, God. But help us to live for you. God, we want, to, we want a heart that wants to serve you, wants to live for you. Would you be with us today? We thank you and we praise you for this time. We pray that as we go, God, that we would be a light in the world. We would lift others up. And God, that we would be difference makers. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you guys go, one quick thing. We want to encourage you guys to go out to the foyer to buy, adopt a candy bar box. We would really appreciate that. Um, those candy bar boxes need little kids, guys. There are just for $25 one week, you can change a kid's life. No, uh, we would really love you guys to go and adopt the candy bar box. We'd appreciate it. Thank you guys for coming. Have a great Sunday. We will see you next week.